0: The day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Old Testament reading for this morning, the 13th Sunday after Trinity, is written in Second Chronicles chapter 28. The men of Israel took captive 200,000 of their relatives, women, sons, and daughters. They also took much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria, But a prophet of the Lord was there whose name was Oded. And he went out to meet the army that came to Samaria and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he gave them into your hand. But you have killed them in a rage that has reached up to heaven. And now you intend to subjugate the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, As your slaves. Have you not sins of your own against the Lord your God? Now hear me, and send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Certain chiefs also of the men of Ephraim, Azariah the son of Johanan, Berechiah the son of Meshilamoth, Jehizkiah the son of Shalom, and Amasa, the son of Hadlai, stood up against those who were coming from the war and said to them, You shall not bring the captives in here, for you propose to bring upon us guilt against the Lord in addition to our present sins and guilt. For our guilt is already great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel." So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly. And the men who have been mentioned by name rose and took the captives, and with the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink and anointed them. And carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys, they brought them to their kinsfolk at Jericho, the city of palm trees, Then they returned to Samaria. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of Galatians. St. Paul writes, To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the Scriptures imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. Turning to his disciples, Jesus said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Risen, ascended, glorified. Jesus at the right hand of the Father, ruling over all things for the sake of his people. For Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Hear these words from the account in St. Luke chapter 10, our gospel reading. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn. And took care of him. These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A thief stole everything they had and left them for dead. They were rich, but now they had nothing, not even the clothes on their back. He lied to them, and they believed everything he said hook, line, and sinker. They were wise, but he left them feeling like fools. They used to trust, but now they didn't trust anymore. They were ashamed, and they hid their faces. How could we be so stupid? How could we allow him to rob us, take from us everything that belonged to us? The thief took it all and left them for dead. Who would help them? Along came a good Samaritan. It was late in the afternoon when they first noticed him. He was walking on their property. Well, what used to be their property. And actually it was his property because he gave it to them, willed it to them for free, their inheritance. But now they had lost it. Yes, it was stolen from them. But it was their fault. They knew better. And they willingly handed over everything that had been given to them. They gave it all to the thief. And he took it all and left them for dead. The good Samaritan was close now. Could the good Samaritan catch the thief? Could he bring to the deceiver justice? Could he get back What they had given away, could they trust him? Could he save them from what they did? Could paradise lost be paradise restored? And they hid, afraid. And the good Samaritan called out, where are you? And they came out and he took one look at them and asked, What have you done? And they told him the whole story. Well, not really. They blamed the thief, they blamed each other, and they even blamed the good Samaritan. Well, the good Samaritan loved them, forgave them, and promised them that he would make things right. The thief would be caught and would be punished. The good Samaritan would send someone to save them, and he would get back everything, everything they lost, even if it cost him his life. And it would. Until then, it wouldn't be easy. There would be hardship and suffering and death, the old order of things. But then the good Samaritan got them some clothes and got them back up on their feet. And they had his promise. In the end, he would make all things work out for their good. He would get back everything they had lost. And so Adam and Eve left the garden forgiven, loved, and saved with a promise from God he would send his son to save them for you see God is the good samaritan he is always the good samaritan he is the true and only good samaritan and so Jesus who is true god and true man The Son of God is the good Samaritan. Jesus is the Savior who was promised to Adam and Eve who would get back everything that they had lost. And one day, one day Jesus told a parable about himself. He told how a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and the man fell among robbers. They stole everything he had, even the clothes on his back, and left him half dead. A priest was walking along the road and passed him by without helping. So also a Levite walked by on the other side, did the same thing. Both men saw the man in need of help and neither did anything. They passed by. But then along came a good Samaritan. He seized the man. And is filled with compassion for the man. And he goes to the man. He doesn't pass him by. He goes to him. He helps him. He binds up all of the man's wounds. He pours healing, wine, and oil upon the wounds. He picks up the man, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, and cares for the man. And then he pays for the man's hospital bills. All of his medical bills and every other bill, because there's always more bills. Aren't there? And then Jesus asks the big question. Which of these men was a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And the lawyer says, the one who showed him mercy. Not the priest, not the Levite, but the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan, a Samaritan, those who were trusted least of all, showed mercy. And Jesus tells the lawyer, now you go and do likewise. In other words, you always go and you always do the very same thing. Not just once, not just once in a while, not just when you feel like it, You keep on going and you always keep on showing mercy to your neighbor. Perfectly, without fail. Be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You go and be a good Samaritan. But that's the problem for the lawyer and for you and for me. We can't do the same thing. We can't be the good Samaritan. Oh sure, you might have a bumper sticker on your RV that says good Samaritan. <laughs> and you might be a good Samaritan once or twice or once in a while or maybe even more. But always? Perfectly? Without fail? Can you do that? Can you go and do Likewise, of course not. When Adam and Eve lost paradise, they lost the ability to be a good Samaritan. They might have compassion once or twice or once in a while, but they couldn't show compassion to each other and to others all of the time, perfectly. And what is worse, they even hurt each other and others by what they thought and said and did. Adam and Eve, they became the thief. They became the murderer. They became the adulterer. They became the idolater, the coveter, the gossip, the liar. And that's who we are. That's what you do. That's what I do. We are the thief. The murderer, the adulterer, the idolater, the coveter, the gossiper, the liar. It is impossible for you and me to be a perfect and holy, good Samaritan. That is what was stolen from you and me in the Garden of Eden. We can't love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And we cannot and do not love our neighbor as ourselves. It is impossible. We are sinful by nature, in thought and word and deed, by what we say and by what we do and by what we leave undone. The good that we want to do is not what we do, and the evil that we don't want to do is exactly what we find ourselves doing. Oh, what wretched people we are. How wretched we can be. Think about it holiness and righteousness and love and compassion in other words the image of god that is what was stolen from you and me in the garden of eden and we are left by the road dead in our transgressions and in our sins and along comes jesus the good samaritan and he sees you and me in our lost condition He knows everything about us. And Jesus is filled with compassion for you and me. And he comes to our side and he reaches out our hands and there are nail marks in those hands. There is a wound in his side, nail marks in his feet, rich wounds still visible. For Jesus, the good Samaritan, offered himself as the sacrifice to pay for all of your sins. He offered his life in your place and mine. And by his innocent suffering and death, all of your sin is paid for. Your debt is canceled. You are reconciled with God. You are forgiven. At Calvary Jesus reached out his hands and took the nails and suffered the shame and carried the sin that is yours and mine and Adam and Eve's and on Easter Jesus rose from the dead victorious his sacrifice accepted by God the Father justice is done mercy and love and forgiveness and eternal life abound to you and me and to all Jesus The good Samaritan saves you and me. And now, paradise stolen is paradise restored. This morning, you have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus. He is always with you, and he is at work, working all things, all things for your good. Are you weary and burdened? Jesus gives you rest. Are you grieving? Jesus gives you a living hope. He is your living hope. He is the resurrection and the life. And wherever you are, lying by the road half dead, Jesus will find you. Jesus will help you. Jesus will heal you. He will strengthen you. And in the end, he will raise you from the dead and he will give you everlasting life. For he is the good Samaritan the only good Samaritan. Listen carefully, please. This parable of the good Samaritan is not about you. It's not about me working and striving to be good Samaritans. This story is not a story about morality. You are not the good shepherd. This parable is about Jesus and only about jesus jesus is the only good samaritan the parable is a story about your salvation about your savior and my savior this is not a moral tale telling you to be a good samaritan it is a salvation story telling you about jesus who saves you you see Remember, what was the question that got the ball rolling? It was a question by a lawyer who wanted to put Jesus to the test. And what did he ask? What must I do to to inherit eternal life? He expected Jesus to give him something to do. Well, so Jesus does. He says, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, he uses other words. Jesus says, be a good Samaritan like me. But the man can't. That's the point. He can't be a good Samaritan. Therefore, he cannot earn eternal life. He is like the priest and the Levite in the story. He is lost in sin. He can't earn eternal life. It is an inheritance that is given freely, not by any works of the law and inheritance given by the good Samaritan. That is how you have everlasting life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus' answer is this, there is nothing you can do. There is nothing you can do to inherit eternal life. You are dead in your transgressions and in your sins. You are lying by the road, dead and unable to save yourself. But do not fear, for you have a good Samaritan. Jesus says, I am your good Samaritan. I crushed Satan for you. I save you. I forgive you. I give you saving faith in me as Lord and Savior And I give you new life. More than that, I give you an inheritance of eternal life. And I give back to you everything that was stolen from you in the garden. I am the good Samaritan. Friends, you can't be saved by your works. You cannot be a good Samaritan and earn eternal life. You need the good Samaritan. And you have him. He is yours. And you are his. And nothing in all creation can separate you from Jesus, the good Samaritan. For he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, for all pastors and teachers, for all the schools and universities of the church, for those who teach and those who learn, for all missionaries, for all who suffer for the faith, that the good Samaritan would guide and care for his church, protect and defend her from her enemies, bless her and preserve her until the day of his return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy for our nation, that the good Samaritan would not treat us as our sins deserve, and that he would turn away from his anger and wrath at our rebellion against him, at our rejection of his word, both his commandments and his salvation, at our embracing of all that is unholy while refusing to repent, and that he would give us victory over our enemies who seek our destruction, who seek to steal our freedom, who strive to overthrow our republic, and that he would heal our divisions, bind up our wounds, give us a united land from sea to shining sea, and let us dwell in peace, so that the good news of Jesus and his salvation would be preached and believed in our nation, let us pray to the Lord. Glory For our president, a man baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus, that the good Samaritan would give him a strong mind, body, and soul, the wisdom of King Solomon, a heart like King David, the repentance and sanity of King Nebuchadnezzar, the steadfastness of Moses, the righteousness of Abraham, the prayerfulness of Anna, the devotion of Noah, the love of God's word like Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus, and that God would grant him godly advisors like Joseph and Daniel and Esther, military leaders like Deborah, but silence the wicked and foolish counselors, and that our president would be protected from all evil and sin, And lead us in holiness, guide us in mercy, protect us from our enemies, and be a blessing to our nation and all nations. Let us pray to the Lord. For the men and women of our armed forces, that the good Samaritan would grant them wise and responsible officers, that our military would carry out their duties and protect those they serve, that those injured while serving would be healed, And that the families who mourn their dead would be comforted in their sorrow, by Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who have requested the prayer of the church, for Elder and Dorothy, Willie and Sharon Rosenbaum, Mel and Elaine Walters, Doug Cullum, John and Dana Justice, Lavon Elbers, Trent Stevens. Brenda and Jim, Canon Yvonne Reinke's family, Jason, my grandson, and all others, that the Good Samaritan will bind up their wounds, give them healing and health, spare their lives, and show them tender mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in the path of Hurricane Ida and Hurricane Nora, for those in Haiti who suffer from an earthquake, and all in the path of or the destruction from natural disasters, that the good Samaritan will provide for all of their needs and give healing according to his will and comfort those who mourn. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who mourn, especially Julie Durbin, her children Levi and Caitlin, her mother Sam, and all who mourn because of the death of her husband Tony, that the good Samaritan will heal their sorrowing hearts With his promises of the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who celebrate, especially Wade and Bonnie, who rejoice on their anniversary, that the good Samaritan who blessed the marriage at Cana in Galilee will continue to bless Wade and Bonnie and their family with all of his good gifts and his unending mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For these and every other need, let us pray to the Lord. Please stand. Jesus, our good Samaritan, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you.